0: Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Every summer we can rent a cottage in the Isle of Wight. If it's not too dear, we shall scrimp and save. Grandchildren on your knee, Vera, Chuck, and Dave. That's a cute lyric for sure, and Paul McCartney delivered it really well when he sang it with the Beatles. You know, this is a couple at the entry of their winter years, and it's from retirement age. Uh, They dream about a cottage and how they can interact with their grandchildren. But reality, with the aging of populations and the aging of cities, How are we able to navigate those things? Are we able actually to go do the things we desire in our later years? We're at the precipice of where all the baby boomers and the the largest population ever in the world is now becoming older, and we're also faced with aging infrastructure. How do we deal with this? Think about this as we launch Onto the Loop and discuss the aging of cities today on Curiosity Continuum.
1: everybody, this is Josh. And this is Brian. Thank you for joining us today on Curiosity Continuum. For those of you tuning in for the first time, Curiosity Continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends who want to spark your curiosity, help you integrate this information, and enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world. We do this with you by sharing conversations that, you know, Brian and I just have, and we have these ideas, so we want to share them with you, that explore, examine, and reframe common practical topics.
0: And if you want to receive updates when new content's available... Please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you can receive notifications when there is something new to listen to. We appreciate you, our listeners, for engaging with us and sharing your own curiosities as feedback to Josh and myself and also, more importantly, sharing it with others and having a conversation of your own.
1: And and as always, you can find us on um, www.curiositycontinuum.com and all of our socials on there, and you guys can get back to us. You guys have been doing a great job with that. Um, And when I say guys, I mean everyone. So
0: We did grow up in Minnesota, so guys (laughs) means guys
1: and gals. Guys is everything. (laughs) So, in today Brian and I are going to talk about um, aging of cities. And this is something that I have a little more maybe experience with directly because I live in southwestern Florida. And so we have a lot of snowbirds that go back and forth. And my city I live in is a very young city in Florida. It's the average age is around 39. So it's kind of like one of those where all the working people kind of migrated to. But I have also lived in cities like Venice, which is one of the oldest median ages in the country at, like, 65 or something like that. Yeah. So I can kind of see where, like, as the city grew and then it became more seasonal, it just kind of, like, stayed there. Right. And so today we're going to talk about this. And I know Brian has uh, kind of a way to start this. But so this is just kind of like some con you know, context for you guys to kind of like get where we're talking about.
0: Yeah. And so when we say aging of cities, there's also, there there's two different really factors that we're going to probably address the most today. It's going to be A, the actual people right that are aging, that are coming to cities. But also it's talking about the aging of the city the itself. The infra- infrastructure. Right. Um, if you think about major metropolitan areas, especially in the United States, they were built in an age when accessibility and... Dealing with with those type of things wasn't really the top
1: consideration. Well, not only that, but a lot of them were built up during the New Deal. Right. So that was to get people back to work in the 30s, 40s, 50s. And so now we're looking at like 50, 60, 70 years out. Right. You're dealing with the generation that built that or their parents built that and now they're aging out. Right. So now we have to kind of like think like, okay, this needs to be A, replaced, B, updated, because, like, Tampa, I mean, as a—Tampa, I love Tampa as a city, but you can't get around in that city unless you have a car.
0: Right. And some of that is um, you, people assume that you could get around in a car. Right. And so when we talk about um, seniors or whatever like that, migrating, one thing you should pay attention to if you you are kind of looking at how businesses and trends will happen— is that you're going to see more and more boomers that have more of a desire to kind of spend their, their winter years enjoying what they've built all their entire life. Sure. So they may go into a, like a resort-style
1: seniors housing unit, you know? No, know my mom's looking like – my mom, she would love that if like it had like quilting and everything she wants to do yeah. in just like this little area that they would just meet like once a week or whatever. She would love it. She It builds a community. Sure.
0: And so, you know, in, in seniors housing too, guys and gals, there are like different levels of care. Mm-hmm. Generally, it's broken up into like uh, independent living. Where you right. need Maybe help like remembering some things. Assisted living where you need some more help actually getting around and doing things. And memory care, which is actually um, not necessarily like we will die sooner. It just means like your mind has, has slipped or gone.
1: Yeah. You need help like paying your bills. You need help remembering- you know, take your meds, all that kind of yep. stuff. Eating, even, for yep. some of these people. Yep.
0: And for some folks, especially who have struggled with Alzheimer's or something, right. their body's perfectly healthy, but they have very particular needs. So the, the not only the uh, places where people can live, but also the care that is provided to folks right, are big industries that you should be watching. And it's very much a recession-proof type of industry. And just kind of putting that out there for people who are kind of minded to what does this actually look like. More and more people, I think, thought, like, hey, you know, as I get older, I'll just downsize on moving, move out to the suburbs, and I'll be that.
1: And they assume one thing. They assume they're going to be the same as they were when they were younger, just older.
0: Yes. (laughs) And the way that they were tuned to think about when you should retire, the average age of when you actually lived to was a lot younger.
1: Right. Not only that, but I remember, like, my grandparents at, like, 55. I mean, I love my grandparents, but they looked terrible at 55. Yeah. And then my parents were like, they were just like us.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: like like they were fine. Yep. So I'm like, okay, now I can see that they're going to live like 25 or 30 more years longer maybe than their parents did. Yeah. So how do we pull that back and actually figure out how oh, this is going to happen?
0: Right. I think and more and more, I think as we live in, in the days today, we, we're more cognizant, I think, of people that have different accessibility needs, whether yes. that's your, your elderly you are, uh, maybe like you're uh, a dwarf, like my friend Becky. Um, and so, like, and she, when she talks about like when she has to go use a restroom in public, you know, like the actual physical reality is that, like, you don't think about necessarily until you talk to somebody, go like, this is what I actually have to do, like to actually climb up on a toilet,
1: like, a, like, like almost like a child, yeah, would do.
0: And but they, so have, they have they have different even than that because right. a child is able just to maybe sit, turn around and sit down, but, but that's, they, can't. they can't, they
1: can't, yeah.
0: And so, more and more, we're looking at like, um, buildings go like how do these people actually get around you know how do you get from point a to point b and think the as as much as we don't want to admit we kind of have to assume that the way that we are able to conduct ourselves and move around and have mobility will not be the same 20 years from now no when you retire and those are realities i think as a a younger generation as josh and i look at our parents and they're aging we need to consider, like, what does it mean for us to make sure that our parents are well cared for? Because we live in a culture where I think it's easy to shuffle off the Older. elderly to Buffalo. You know, sure. it's like the, the the quintessential, I'm going to push them out on the ice and just let them be. But unfortunately, that's really more of a, they're a casualty of a youth centric culture that values youth over experience.
1: Sure. And I mean, not even that, but to me, it's like. We don't, it's not that we value youth more. I think we just don't understand getting older because if you look at our parents, they're probably the first generation to really get older gracefully in a way. I I mean, like I said, my grandparents, they got older and they were graceful about it. But when they were in their fifties and early sixties, they were like pretty much done. Yeah. And they were like retired. Right. And. Their bodies showed it because they did more manual labor jobs. They did more jobs that required, you know, it was a different skill set. And it was also not not things that, like, we would, like, w- today, like, oh, you can't do this for 60 hours a week. Yeah. But they did it for 60 hours a week. Because they had to. Yeah, and this is why you don't do it for 60 hours a week now because it's unsafe, unpractical. It's not good for you to do that. So it kind of got, I think, as we look at at our parents, we could really take a good lesson to ourselves, especially for the future. Like 20 years from now, I think that our generation, like Brian and I, so we're, like, we're like about 40, I think that we can really look to that and say, look, we're going to be a lot like them. And we're going to be like all there. And we're going to have medical advances. We're going to have all this stuff. How do we make sure that we can still be independent Or do what we want to do and not rely on family, friends, loved ones, kids. Yep. Because my dad always used to joke that his retirement plan was to have kids. And, (laughs) you know. Kind of true. And then he goes, oh, I'm just going to go over to your house three days, three months a year and... Um, and then go over to, the, to your brother's house three months a year and your other brother three months. I go, oh, yeah, dad, but that's nine months. And there's 12 months in a year. Right. <laughs> so what are you going to do for the rest of it? The- <laughs> you know, and I was always like, kind of joking about it, but silently sweating. Cause I'm like, is he going to come to my house for four months? <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of the thing, you yeah. know? So you're kind of thinking of that. You're like, okay, how do we make this? So not only is the city itself like safe. Yeah. Practical. But also, how do we make it so that maybe we don't have to go to, like, a special community? Yeah. You know, like, why can't the city just be like that?
0: Right. Or, you know, if you look at, um,
1: like, Hawaii. like yeah. So, my, my friend
0: lives back out there. She grew up there and came to Nashville and then moved back. And she's married there and has children. And the, because there's not enough land in Hawaii just for everybody to own their own home, like, sure. on the mainland... There's a lot of multi generational homes, you know, where it's like right. they build on like the sidecar, and that's where like the young families gets their start, right? Because it's actually affordable. They can expand on land, and they can do that. It's a different care model entirely. Right. And I think for for our generation, the Gen Xers and anything past or younger than that, you're looking at the very real situation where any of the government sponsored like pension or care mechanisms are not not going to be present.
1: They're not going to be there. And so
0: what we're faced with also is like, as we age, as we do that, like what are the things that we are doing to put in motion? So if you want to take it from a purely selfish standpoint, say if we take care of our parents, well, it's actually laying the groundwork for every other generation that's going to come after that to make sure that we can, as a society function well, you know, at whatever age that
1: we're at. Right. So that's like, kind of like what we're talking, I think. Um, I mean, you're, you're you're talking about, like, the application of this whole thing. Yeah. Like, how do we get to that point?
0: Right. Uh, it is a personal responsibility thing. We need to look at, A, how we're making sure that our parents are cared for. They're being cared in a way that's meaningful to them, you know? Um, there's a lot of emotional things that can go along with it. Right. And, you know, look, if you have the means to be able to to put your, your mom or dad or grandma or grandpa into a, a really beautiful why wouldn't seniors you? community right you would right and for the other situation though, I know that there are folks that when I went on uh, my first cruise last year discussions about how some elderly just cruise all year round because it's cheaper than seniors housing and you have a 24/7 crew that if you call them, They'll come to you, they'll do your laundry, they'll bring you all the food you want, There's all the activities. How long till they get wise? That? Right. Yeah. But you know what? That, right. That's still fine. And that's right. what they're doing because it's actually cheaper to live. True. Now, some seniors are saying that's an adventure. And other seniors are going like, well, this is the choice I have. Otherwise, I'm going to be in a state-run institution. And so um, there there's uh, ministries and not-for-profits out there and things that also help seniors age in place, which means that their home may be They need to have a modification where they have a ramp. Right, get a Mm -hmm. ramp
1: or get a elevator up the stairs. Or I just have a guy that I work that. um, Not I don't work with him, but he's older. He broke his hip, so they and he's pretty much recovered, but he doesn't have the strength back. So they put a lift to get to his house, which his house is on the second floor because in Florida sometimes you have to have. If you're by the ocean, you have to have things on stilts. So his house is actually like 20 feet up. Right. So he can't get to his house <laughs> unless he has this. So yeah. I can see that. So if you just do that, you know, for some people, and once they're home, they're home. It's on one level. Yeah. They just have to get to their house.
0: I would say this uh, in, the, in the practical application about what it is, because you could look at whatever, uh, you know, administrations in the White House or whatever like that say, what are they going to do to address XYZ? I think we can all take a personal responsibility. And say, how are we caring for right. our parents? You know, and we should. Yeah, we should. Yeah. You know, and also not only that, but like, you know, is there somebody else who like maybe their family's not around anymore? Because right. we live in a more transient society where we are a little bit more diaspora, where we go from the city that we grew up into another city to go find opportunity and things. Are there ways that we can we can care for folks in a practical way that way? You know. And I think if you have a lot of folks that just do a little bit of that, you know, I I helped somebody, I built a ramp, I contributed money to be able to help do this thing. I think the people, if they take some more personal responsibility in that, we can actually make this happen without the need of, like, some major citywide initiative or statewide initiative or nationwide initiative. Right. And we can do it in a meaningful way
1: that's practical. Yeah. I don't see why we can't. I mean, that's really a challenge, right? That is, yep. That's a challenge for us as you know, like, we're kind of coming into our own, really. Like, like the next president of the United States might be from our generation, right? So we have to kind of think, like, what do we want to leave behind for the people after us? Well, we, well, we got to take care of the people before us, too. Right.
0: And that's just making sure that uh, you you recognize people's value regardless of whether they can. Yeah, um,
1: they still have value. It's not, you know, maybe they're not working every day or whatever. They still have knowledge experience that it can teach us yep
0: we want to kind of leave this too is that um as much as we would talk about here's the different age groups or different things remember that in a community that's integrated where you have you know like the young with the old and everything it helps it helps the young be be mentored and do well and also helps the the elderly
1: Understand the younger people,
0: and they have a purpose again yeah. too. It's not yeah. just like you put them out to pasture because that will age somebody really quick if they feel like they don't have purpose in their life anymore. Right. You know, it could be as simple as taking care of a plant or taking care of a pet, or just interacting with with uh, you know younger folks, and it really makes a big difference. So, anyway, in this, uh, the takeaway also is just to think about that. Like, what are some practical things now? And I know that they're emotionally difficult sometimes to think about. Right. Is what things can you start addressing in your own life with your own family with your own loved ones about how you could start to prepare for that because it will come to you and it's a matter of like are you willing to do some of the little bit of prep right now to start thinking about it and have those tough conversations right because at one point it will come to your door and we want everybody to be as prepared as possible so that everybody can live their best life to the end of their life here on this earth
1: yeah I think that's a great place to put a comma huh Brian
0: I think so too so until next time this is Brian and this is Josh for curiosity continuum